0: The issue of film set safety is out in the open. No amount of celluloid fantasy can cover up the ugly reality of injury and death. Topping the news tonight, motion picture and television star John Eric Hexum is in critical condition tonight, a victim of a freak accident.
1: What happened is that John Eric Hexum accidentally wounded himself
0: in the head when he fired a gun loaded with blanks on the set of his television series Close Up.
1: It was here, at the Carol Co. Studios in Wilmington, North Carolina, that actor Brandon Lee was filming The Crow. Ironically, the film is about a man who dies and comes back to life to avenge his death. Early reports said that 28-year-old Brandon's fatal shooting on a movie set last week was an accident, but now
0: there is even talk of murder.
2: On the set of rust, investigators now confirm Alec Baldwin fired a single live bullet that traveled through the body of cinematographer Helena Hutchins and became lodged in the shoulder of director Joel Souza. Baldwin was handed a Colt 45 revolver he was told was safe to use before squeezing the trigger. I've
0: been ordered. By the Sheriff's Department in Santa Fe. I can't answer any questions about the investigation. I can't. It's an active investigation in terms of a woman dying. She was my friend. She was my friend. We were a very, very, excuse me. We were a very, very, you know, well-oiled crew shooting a film together and then this horrible event. happened. Just go
3: home. We gave go you everything home. we could
0: Thank you. Possibly give you okay? Thank you. Condolences, thank, thank you. you.
3: Now turn it off.
0: Live from Los Angeles.
3: Nine one one. What is your emergency?
0: Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury,
4: and death.
3: Oh my God! Shocking new details
0: that has stunned the entertainment world.
4: Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. <sighs>
0: what do you call this thing, anyway? Death
1: in entertainment.
0: In in entertainment.
5: In. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey. Welcome to another week, another Monday, another Death in Entertainment.
1: Another one.
5: Another one. Jeez. My name is Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcairn. And I'm Alejandro Dowling. And boy, do we have some stories for you today. Oh, some rough ones. Uh, Recently, you guys, I'm sure, have seen on the news somewhere that Alec Baldwin Misfired a prop gun on set during a movie shoot in Santa Fe, New Mexico. People are like, oh my God, how could this happen? Well, this has happened multiple times already. Not the first one. And we're going to talk about each and every one. But it is hopefully the last one. Hopefully.
1: Yeah. Let's hope some big structural changes are done after this.
5: Yeah. It is crazy because I did say prop gun, but I didn't realize until all these you know stories were coming out that they actually use real guns and it's just blanks that they put in yeah and blanks are the same as real bullets just without any gunpowder why (laughs) (laughs) haven't they mastered any better way of doing this you would think so but the first one happened in what year 1984 wow 1984 so yeah that's older than i am
1: imagine like on the old, 37 years on like the old like silent movies and stuff and even before that how many people does probably 10 people a, a movie got killed <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. you could understand like how many people before like any osha or any you know safety precautions were ever even paid <laughs> attention to <laughs>
2: Yeah, they just had a pack of guys 50% of
1: people died a day in the, in the old <laughs> Wild West anyway.
2: Yeah, they weren't even accounted for. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Just,
1: they just threw them in a pit.
2: Next. These days, you have special effects that can take you anywhere. Yeah. And yet, still using real guns. Still need that authentic pop. Yeah. It's a uh, It's a problem and we're going to get to the bottom of it and we're going to fix
1: it okay
5: we're, we're going to solve it we got some questions to answer here
1: within this podcast it will be solved <laughs>
2: and with that with that we go to up. the year 1984 the, year- the same year Ooh. that George Orwell hey. wrote about
1: in the year of our lord <laughs> So, on October 12th, 1984, John Eric Hexum was on a CBS adventure series called Cover-Up, and he fatally shot himself on the show set with a forty four Magnum pistol loaded with blanks.
2: But it was not a suicide.
1: Not a suicide. He was Uh, being silly. He was doing a bit, (laughs) actually. Just to give some background on the show, he played a Green Beret turned model named Mac Harper. So that's on this
2: show cover-up. On the show,
1: yeah. The show itself was um it was about international intrigue and fashion photography.
2: So that's like Yeah, and so his model <laughs> persona was like Clark Kent.
1: Yeah. He's a Green Beret turned model. So he's like, he's the model there that's like kind of the badass. Right. But the show sounds absurd. (laughs) So so I guess the director had like a lot of issues, like with a lot of the shots. He seemed like he wasn't really a good director at all. So he was like fucking up every day. He'd shoot some like long, huge uh, scene with all these people and extras and everything. And then he'd look at it on the screen is like i don't like this and then he'd make everyone do it again and this guy John Eric was getting so angry and i think he was trying to do a bit with his uh, the other crew and stuff to kind of like keep everyone jolio entertain and entertained everybody and, and yeah.
2: also pass the time
1: cuz they're, the so, they're
2: so bored
1: yeah so on one of these, when the director's like, uh, yeah, "All right, we're gonna shoot everything again. It's gonna take like another, you know, ten, fifteen hours until we wrap." He jokingly took a gun, put it to his head, mm-hmm. thinking they were either blanks or it was just empty, and he shot himself in the head.
2: When Hexam did this, who's the audience exactly? Uh, he's doing this in crew front members, of- yeah, crew, members crew and some and- of the cast and okay. stuff,
1: yeah. So the impact from the blast fractured his skull, driving a bone fragment the size of a quarter into his brain and causing massive hemorrhaging in his brain. Ouch. So whether or not there was actually anything in the chamber, I'm really not sure.
2: It was a blank.
1: Yeah, I guess it was just a blank and he just, he must have just put it so close to his fucking
2: head. Yeah, those are dangerous up close. Blank doesn't mean that nothing is going to be discharged.
1: I didn't know that. I thought a blank just kind of it was just a puff of air, and it just didn't oh, no. didn't go anywhere. But some fragments do come out. Yeah, yeah, it's a blast.
2: Yeah, it
5: is the same it's, as it's a not a blast as a cartridge, which is what people refer to as a bullet. It's really called cartridges, which is like the casing and the bullet, which is the tip that comes off, and that literally came off in this instance and went right through his head. Yeah,
1: I was like, wait a second, what is actually going into his head? Because I thought blank meant.
5: Fucking blank, like one of those poppers where you just like feed the paper through and it would be like pow pow pow. When yeah. we were
2: kids, in some ways you could think of it like those cheap fireworks where you light one and kind of throw some sparks into the air. It's pretty harmless well, outside, a- but if you were to put that right up to your head. Yeah. you would get burned.
1: Well, I it says here that the impact from it fractured his skull. So I don't know if the impact of just the noise and just the overall explosion at the gun or if there's anything out that came out of the gun. I think it was just
2: the impact. The imp- Yeah. Yeah. The skull fragments are what killed him. There was no other matter yeah. in his head. <laughs> Oof. So he just had like a soft spot in his head that he just fucking pow. Well, you can experiment with a blank if you want, Kyle. See yeah, if you right. use one of your harder spots. I'm Kyle <laughs> See Pluth, if it works. this
1: is death and <laughs> yeah. This is jackass.
2: <laughs> My whole head's a soft spot.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's not much else going on in there. No. So it'll crater pretty quickly.
5: I love Lincoln Park and Hoobastank. <laughs> yeah. It's all soft.
1: <laughs> um. So right after that, he's rushed to Beverly Hills Medical Center. Despite five hours of surgery, um, he remained comatose until he was pronounced dead on October 18th, which is six days later. Mm. So it took him six days in a coma. They're like, yeah, it's not going to make it. And I think they just pulled the plug and sad story. But they give some background on this guy. 26 years old, born in Tenafly, New Jersey. Um, He was raised by a single mother with older brother. uh, Gunner was the older brother.
2: Gunner, that's ironic. Very, I
1: found that interesting. So they were raised by the, their single mother, Greta. G-R-E-T-H-A. Greta. Oh, it might even be Greta, yeah. I, I, I saw it as Greta. Greta. <laughs> 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 that's what it looks like, for sure. Yeah, I think- um,
2: Kuchar. My a, head's empty Greta today. Greta
1: um, Dad left uh, when he was cleaning offices in New York City. John Travolta's manager discovered him.
5: and was like hey you
1: gotta you should be an actor yeah you know you never know this dude i'm seeing (laughs)
5: pictures of him for the first time and he's yoked oh
2: yeah yeah so john travolta was probably like get that guy yeah (laughs) yeah it's true john eric hexam was very much the classic ken doll matinee idol look
1: yeah good looking guy big Um, time
2: he has the Hollywood looks, <laughs> greasy, greased up. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle is currently showing okay, us yeah. a photo of him in some kind of black speedo. Kyle just turned and his. It's my screensaver. Kyle
1: just turned his laptop to me. Yeah, and it's just wallpaper. <laughs> um, H-
2: Hexum is
5: oiled up, tan. Yeah. No, that's man. just my computer screen. It looks <laughs> a little wet. Hey, whatever blows your
2: hair back. As, uh, guys, whatever blows, you. Will Hunting. <laughs> said, yeah. Will
1: Hunting. Um, so yeah, John Travolta's manager, Bob Lamond, discovered him while he was cleaning offices in New York. He's like, hey, you got this audition in uh, Hollywood if you want to go out there, give it a shot. So he went to audition for the movie Summer Lovers, lost it out to Peter Gallagher,
2: but he stuck around Hollywood anyway. Oh, Summer Lovers. Yeah, I actually- Yeah, Daryl Hannah. That is a forgotten movie yeah, from the I, early 80s. You're but looking for
1: something to remember about it? It's just like three people fucking, basically. Yeah, it's yeah, very Mikonos, <laughs> yeah.
2: stupid fun, that movie.
1: Yeah, they're just like I don't know. They're just like kids running around and just like fucking. There's and no
2: point to the movie. It's just there's simply a third. Yeah, it's like a 80s. threesome kind of. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's Peter Gallagher, Daryl Hannah, and some random woman I don't remember. So he's still stuck around Hollywood in 1982. He landed the role of Phineas Bogg in NBC's time travel series Voyagers. Um, the show kind of went fucking nowhere.
5: There are some bogheads out there for some sure.
1: Bogheads, you know. No, I don't want to shit on any bogheads if they. <laughs> the Venn diagram between Watch die it. heads and, and <laughs> bog, bog heads, bog heads uh, crossover. <laughs> we don't want to piss anyone off. So we want to keep you. <laughs> so what happened, I guess, is he made he got the attention of Joan Collins. Dynasty fame. Dynasty fame, Joan Collins. They starred together in 1983's steamy TV movie, The Making of a Male Model. So, steamy. Again, yeah. We'll get Kyle's. Got plenty of pictures to back up all this stuff. Sure do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, the only other thing he did, he did a movie with Jeff Conaway about the Alabama football coach played by um, who's a crazy blonde guy that looks like he uh, is insane. Or he is insane. Gary Busey. Gary Busey. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Let me see. After he died, cover up that TV show. Lasted only one more season. and
2: That was his first season, though.
1: That was the first season. And I went. I think it went like another season that was done. So, I guess I couldn't withstand the death of uh, Mr. Hexam. Um, well,
2: that's a pretty freaky thing to happen to a new show that's finding an audience on primetime TV.
1: And it must take the air out of the sails of like the entire cast and crew. Just yeah. To, you know, yeah. it's such a weird thing that happened.
2: Like when John Ritter collapsed on the set of Eight Simple Rules. Yeah. It had a hit first season just starting the second season. Yeah. And he dies. Mm. It's like, oh okay, we gotta bring in David Spade now and James Garner. And ba, boop, it's all about tragedy now. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Uh it was weird. My when my mom came to LA for the first time, I was like, Do you wanna go to, you know, the Getty Museum? Do you wanna go to the beach? Do you wanna like go to the Walk of Fame? She's like, Oh, I wanna go to the hospital where uh where he died.
2: <laughs> John Ritter? <laughs> John Ritter died. Yeah. What hospital was it? It was in Burbank. St. Joseph? St. I Joe's? think it was
1: at St. Joe's, yeah, yeah. I think it was that one.
2: I used to live right across from that. Did you really? It's on Alameda, right? By Disney? Yeah. Was that
1: in uh, South North Burbank or <laughs> yeah. South, South North Hollywood or whatever you're living? Toluca East. <laughs> I
2: hadn't made my way to Toluca Lake yet. Oh. oh yeah. Which is where I am a current well, resident. The, the lake was debatable. calling your name. Yeah. yeah. Deba- what's debatable?
1: Uh, whether you live in Tuluga Lake. I do. Okay,
2: well... <laughs> South North Hollywood. They, yeah. they always give me crap I'm talking to the audience now, so you guys shut up.
1: Well, I will show the map.
2: They give me crap that I don't live in Toluca Lake, that I live in North Hollywood, but the, South line, North Hollywood. the line clearly shows I'm into Toluca Lake. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, well, we'll post that on the Instagram, and the proof is that he's in North Hollywood.
2: Back to Hexum.
1: <laughs> so back to Hexum. Um, I
5: found uh, the actual thing. It doesn't say it many places, but this one article says, when the gun discharged, a wad of paper came out, which shattered his skull. Holy fuck! Paper, paper from yeah. what?
2: From what's you,
5: what's inside, your source? inside the sun. This actually covers what happened to him after his death too. He actually um, donated his heart, and it went to a pimp from Las Vegas.
1: It wasn't a pimp. Okay, <laughs> I, I did see that he was an African American male who owned an escort service. Okay,
5: <laughs> yeah. Some would call that a pimp. I see.
1: see
2: this is the, the no. That's going an on. entrepreneur. True. Yeah, well, the Swing and
5: Susie's in
1: Las Vegas. He was also a former Navy SEAL, you know, so have some fucking respect for the guy. as a veteran. Vietnam War hero. Vietnam War hero. Yep. So Hexham's heart went to a good place. Yeah, all his organs were spread out throughout the entire country. He was an organ it's donor. Amazing. Two of his corneas were donated to two different people, one 66-year-old man and another young girl. His skin was donated to a three-and-a-half-year-old burn victim. Mm-hmm. Look at this guy. He's doing more than i ever done in my entire life. (laughs)
2: That's pretty cool.
1: Um, His kidneys went to a five-year-old sick boy and a 43-year-old woman who had been waiting on like, basically life support for eight years.
2: And respect for his mom and family that were able to- They got some money. Oh, well, I'm not talking about money. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: talking about that they, you know, that they made that all happen in
1: the yeah. wake of this. I think it would, there was some good stories that came after this very unfortunate
2: passage of Mr. Hexham. And so you said they did get some money? Yeah. Undisclosed settlement with Warner Brothers. It's always undisclosed.
1: Well, they don't want to disclose it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> they probably just got paid out what his contract was, because I can't imagine that they
2: would be well, maybe like he's the one that did it to himself. Another way to look at it is, was he not trained properly? Did he not Ooh, this know
1: is Alejandro Hot Take Corner that here?
2: it was dangerous what he was doing? Well, that's the thing. Every
5: one of these stories involves an actor that shot and killed either themselves or somebody else. Should actors be trained in firearms? Absolutely. If you're handling firearms, yes. I would say no,
2: but learn how to make a fucking actual prop gun. Wait, so if you're an actor working with a real gun with blanks, you don't think they should be trained in how to handle firearms? But how are you even going to know unless you're taking the project and... okay? That's exactly no, the, when the time that you're trained. If you're going to go make a Western and you're going to be handling guns of any But then we're talking studio time. Caliber.
5: We're talking studios Good. aren't going to want to pay out to Great. have you trained guess what, are you,
1: what what are you a studio shill or something no
5: yeah. i'm just, yeah, are you I'm, entertainer? Getting the, I'm getting in the head of a scumbag <laughs> studio owner that doesn't
2: want to shell out all this money you're doing a character guns and everything studios make and spend obscene amounts of money and they can fork over a little extra to train actors and other crew members to safely use weapons and props
1: but it's always on smaller budget things I've always that this shit happens mm-hmm. you cutting know, corners you, you don't see on saving private ryan there's like a fucking million guns in there like you know half a million people died in that movie you know in the movie but like no yeah, way-
2: not not on the set <laughs> characters that we know of <laughs> um, but that's what they're saying about rust you know it happened in new mexico and one industry insider said that had it happened in california in hollywood that it would have gone over totally different the the protocol would have been in place. But it, would have,
1: it would have been made at all, unless they got tax credits. So, Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah.
2: All I'm doing is comparing the way it's done in California with a bigger budget sure. in yeah. the system. This is outside California, outside the system. Yeah.
5: yeah. There are a number of problems that we're going to talk about with that one. But first, we go to 1993. Ooh. Are we done with Hexum? We are
0: done yes. with Hexum.
5: That's it? That's it.
1: That's it on Hexum. Uh, well, it's all hit- she wrote. The episode was broadcast November 3rd, 1984, two weeks after his death. So they kind of were, you know, wrapping these things up pretty quickly.
2: <laughs> so they moved on. And it was dedicated to him. It was dedicated to him.
1: Yeah, that was a big dedication to him. I don't have the exact wording of
2: that. You should look that up. They if they said something really nice. Yeah. It'd be a nice way to end his segment. Oh,
0: Light continues to shine across the universe for millennia. It's like a coffee commercial. <laughs> John Eric Hexam died in October of this year, but the lives he touched will continue to be brightened by his light forever.
3: <laughs> and <ever. laughs> forever
2: and ever. <laughs> That was a pretty yep. nice dedication. Nice dedication, yeah. It was. I would love that kind of dedication when you know when I croak.
1: Yeah, on the similar circumstances. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> no, no.
1: No, well, let's hope not. Don't touch uh, kids. <laughs> Don't touch guns. Don't touch kids. <laughs> Don't
5: touch kids. What am I,
1: Michael Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> I was in the middle of two thoughts. I was going to say. Holy smoke. It say, sounds
5: like you were in the middle of one thought.
1: I was going to say, kids, do not
2: touch guns on the set of uh, low-budget TV shows. <laughs> The lesson I think is: don't try to entertain the crew members yeah. by shooting yourself with a prop gun.
1: Don't do a bit
2: with a live gun. Grab a joke book. <laughs> tell some gainers. Yeah, or yeah, tell a story from your life. Tell some gainers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go take a walk. Yeah, don't shoot yourself. Break dance, in moonwalk the head. somewhere.
1: So yeah, that was it, and uh, they moved on, and so are we. We're going to be moving on to the next death, which is 1993. Oh my god.
2: Brandon Lee was born on February 1st, 1965 in California, California, the sunshine state. So, that's Florida.
1: Oh, Okay. The, uh, the bear state. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. So he was born to Bruce Lee and Linda Lee Cadwell. He learned martial arts at a very young age because, you know, his dad is the martial artist.
1: How young we talking was he like a toddler like in like a
2: fetus in the womb. In the womb? Yeah. He
1: was kick- oh they're all kicking in the womb. <laughs> Kicked his way out of there.
2: Bruce Lee died during the making of the film Game of Death, but he did not die on set. When Brandon was only about 8 years old. Oh shit. Bruce Lee was found dead in his apartment and he was with a young starlet. Oh, really? Who he might have been having an affair with.
1: Oh, he probably was. Uh, He uh, wasn't with Linda. No. And It wasn't Lauren Holly, I'll tell you that
2: much. No, it was not Lauren Holly either. So the story is he takes a pain pill and then he goes down for a nap and he does not wake up. He had some kind of hypersensitivity to this pain medication and he died. Did he have like an addiction or are you like, I could picture a guy
1: like him, like with, with a lot of like deep seated like bone muscle issues from all the shit that he
2: does. There's no evidence that he was addicted. Okay. But it's certainly plausible because he was doing all these movies with all these elaborate stunts. Yeah. And it makes sense. And that's how he died. Didn't Chuck Norris say that he gave him like an antibiotic
5: and he was allergic to the antibiotic and that's how he died? Really? Yeah. So Chuck Norris is
1: just doling out antibiotics to people? There was some. There was Norris. (laughs) There was
5: some video I watched where, yeah, he said that uh, he wanted to clear the air about how Bruce Lee
2: actually died. Really? And uh, and so that's the gospel. That's what he's
5: saying. (laughs) According to Chuck Norris.
1: He presented this crazy uh, theory, which I love.
2: So he killed Bruce Lee. Yeah. I do know that. Brandon Lee and Chuck Norris's son were good friends growing up. Oh, really? Yes. So all these like martial artist kind of guys,
1: uh, all, Stuck them, them and their kids kind of all hung out.
6: Yeah. yeah thank you very much. His Bruce in 1968, and uh, he was up in White's one night with uh, Kareem Jabbar, who was a student of his uh, when he was uh, when he was in Los Angeles Kareem Adel- at UCLA. jabbar Yeah. And he talked, of course, with, uh, who's of talking? Course, like Bruce, who's got the Chuck drive This is Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris but he had constant back pains from that day on. And he was having to take medication to keep the muscles in the back loose and relaxed. So what happened is that when he was in Hong Kong preparing for his uh, next movie, he was uh, working with a a girl named Betty uh, and who was going to co-star with him and he got a severe headache. So Betty gave him some antibiotics for the headache and with the medication he had taken for his back and the medication he had taken for his headache, they reacted to each other, like made Ledger. his brain swell up, and it created an aneurysm or a ruptured blood cells in his brain. And that's actually what happened. So.
2: Oh, it wasn't him. It so wasn't it was him. It girl. was some chick It Betty.
1: was a starlet
6: ah,
2: that was in the hotel room. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was pretty much right. He took a pain pill and yeah. didn't get up from his nap. Yeah, I, 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 thought, I don't know if Chuck he, Norris killed him. I don't know he? if
5: Chuck Norris knows what antibiotics are because you wouldn't take antibiotics just for a headache. Like, yeah. if you had
2: chlamydia, you would take antibiotics. Hey-o. I think Norris is trying to drum up a little sensationalism.
1: Well, the, if there were buddies, I don't know why he would be doing that. Maybe he just doesn't know what he's talking
2: about. Yeah. Either way, it's pretty close to what everyone decided happened.
1: Medications interacting that yeah.
2: caused to the death. And nothing very exciting. When you think of Bruce Lee, yeah, a lot of people probably believe it was some action-oriented yeah. death. Yeah,
1: you think like a monkey throwing a throwing star or something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: Like an explosion yeah. on a bus he was jumping from, and then he rolled and then got yeah. hit by another car.
1: Yeah, like like a dragon with nunchucks or something. Yeah,
2: like... <laughs> a ninja got into his apartment <laughs> yeah. and
1: or he fell down in a cave or something. Yeah, <laughs> right. You'd never think it was just a drug like like he the just way he. A Day and he's, could happen to anyone he has his mistress and she's giving him feeding him weird pills and stuff that are just interacting with each other where's she getting these prescriptions from mm. maybe Brittany Murphy's uh
2: <laughs> doctor <laughs> yeah. Simon Monjack possible theories are that it was a hit from the Chinese mafia for betraying martial arts secrets in cinema that's a wild theory another one Bruce Lee was struck by a death blow earlier
1: really Ooh, like a doc
2: ma of which the impact <laughs> doesn't take effect until minutes. Oh yeah, weeks, Kill Bill. They, they, they showcased later. that a little bit. Yeah. Huh? yeah, that was a quicker death blow. Yeah. So he got a death blow somewhere else, yeah, and but it that, finally, it, that's not a
1: real thing. They hit, hit you like the special pressure point, and you die like five months later. It's
2: not real. Another one is that he died of heat stroke because he had had his sweat glands removed to look good on screen. Is that real? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, he had his sweat glands removed. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Right What did Chuck Norris say about that <laughs> He got nothing on that
1: What do we got on the info desk on Chuck
2: Norris uh, Dim yeah. Mach That's the martial arts touch of death
5: Oh
1: shit
2: So it's... who would have given him the touch of death Maybe someone from the Chinese mafia What about
1: Steven Seagal Where was he Was he accounted for What about was...
2: Jean-Claude Van Damme They were both just little babies then. <laughs> Yeah
1: maybe they weren't a thing yet <laughs> the... Charles Bronson Maybe he did it That's the Or
2: the starlet he was sleeping with did yeah it. after she gave him the advil or maybe, whatever he maybe took.
1: she's like uh if i can't have him no one can
2: that's right she's like here's your pain medication then <laughs> on his chest <laughs> she was hired she does a karate chopped his chest <laughs> she was hired by the chinese mafia yeah hey. be a lot of side it was a long game yeah to get him the long
1: con. <laughs> We always love the long card on yeah. this podcast.
2: Final theory <laughs> is the Lee family curse because Bruce Lee's parents had lost their firstborn male son. Mm. They thought perhaps there was some sort of demon that took him.
1: Mm. Really? That so, the, like, the entire family is cursed, is because, cursed of because of that. Yeah. So, in Brandon was also the first. Oh, well, son. there well, you go. I don't want to, you know, connect the dots for you here, hey. but you know,
2: it's what you do. Well, I was going to connect it anyway. Okay. I mean, look who we're talking about here. Who? Bruce Lee? Bruce and Brandon Lee. Yeah. The dots are already connecting. (laughs) I don't even have to say anything. (laughs) The case presents itself. So Game of Death was released in 1978 posthumously. He did not live to see it. And interesting thing about that movie is there's a scene that is a movie within a movie where the character that Bruce Lee is playing in it, who is acting in the movie, yeah, is shot during the scene within what? the movie, shot but not killed, killed, really? Someone comes in and picks up the gun, and while Bruce Lee is doing a stunt in the movie within a movie, the guy shoots him in the while he's in the air, and Bruce Lee falls down bleeding.
1: oh shit. That's crazy. But yeah. they knew how to work the gun on that movie within the movie. Exactly. So no one was hurt during that. No.
2: That that scene was- Oh, that's crazy. Went off without a hitch. And he finished the movie. Yeah. So, Brandon, clearly, there's some trauma there. Tragedy yeah. to deal with. And in his teens, he had identity struggles. Because it can't be easy to be the son of Bruce Lee. Type so, that. that's why he becomes rebellious yeah. growing into his teens.
1: Oh, he was biracial, too. He had a a A white white mom. mom, Yeah. And
2: And a Bruce Lee dad. And a
1: Bruce Lee dad. Yeah, not just any Asian fellow.
2: Also, just to live up to his dad. Yeah. You can imagine. That shadow
1: must have been a pretty big one.
2: And so at one point, he even trades martial arts for soccer. Really? Yeah. He hated training in dojos because they would have large photos of his dad hanging up.
1: So he had all these
2: kind of identity issues, which is why he started playing soccer and acted rebellious. Yeah. He left the dojo, if you will. He goes to New York City and studies acting at the Lee Strasberg Institute. And uh, I'm throwing this fact in because I know you guys will get excited. He majored in theater. Where at? At Emerson College in Boston. Oh, really?
1: Get out of here! Boston! Emerson, motherfucker. I hate those Emerson people that are out here. There's so many of them. Oh, tons. Yeah.
5: They have a campus for Emerson out here now. They do,
1: yeah. Yeah. You know who else went to Emerson? Dennis Leary and David Cross went there.
5: And Dennis ended up teaching at Emerson. And and Jay
1: Leno went there. One of the
5: students who became his wife.
2: Really? Yeah. That's scandalous. So he got a lot out of that experience. Sure did. Oh, Jay Leno. (laughs) (laughs) And things are starting to cook for him now. He's a real actor. Don't get me wrong. When he's out of his teen years, he has so much respect for his dad. It's not like he was one of those kids that's like, screw you, dad. I'm not interested in anything that has to do with you. He really he was-, was a kid in mourning trying to find his own way.
5: Like, he didn't want to do exactly what his dad did. He wanted to make a name for himself.
2: Yeah, that's exactly
5: like. it. When you're seeing pictures of your dad everywhere, you got to get away from that. It's going to make you yeah. sad, upset. It's like Nicholas Cage, why he changed
1: his name from Coppola. yeah.
5: He wanted to escape like the shadow of his family
1: that was very successful. I would do the opposite. I'd, I'd <laughs> lean right into that and just do whatever made me money in the easiest yeah. possible way.
5: Don't you know who I am? <laughs> yeah. Do you know who
1: my father is? <laughs> yeah, just screaming at the <laughs> fucking rooftops.
2: Yeah. Well, he did keep the Lee name.
1: That's a fairly common, like Coppola <laughs> in Lee are two yeah.
2: very different the names. The apple didn't fall far from the tree. Exactly. So he continues training as a martial artist, Mm -hmm. and he was doing his dad's program, I guess you could call it, that Bruce Lee created called Jeet Kune Do, and when asked, what the hell is that? Yeah, when asked, (laughs) what the hell is that? (laughs) But he hesitates to say that it's his dad's version of martial arts. Instead, he says, yes, I'm studying Jeet Kune Do, but it's my own interpretation of it. He's never quite comfortable in totally exploiting his dad's name or thinking that he has any natural talent for it. I yeah. like this guy. Yeah, he's humble, Yeah, yeah, is what I'm getting at. So in 1986, he appeared in the TV movie Kung Fu, the movie, which followed the David Carradine series. Wow. And then that got him some notice. So then he starred in this spinoff called Kung Fu, the next generation. But then that failed.
1: I remember that show.
2: But yeah, he's a rising star. And so then he appeared in a couple of action flicks in the early 90s called Showdown in Little Tokyo and Rapid Fire. 1991 and 92.
5: So this is leading right up.
1: So he's getting some good exposure out there. He's getting some movies. Uh, Maybe he uses dad's name a little bit. But I think sometimes, you know.
5: Other people probably did.
1: Yeah, like it's hard to get away from. People know you don't. You don't just go into audition and say, "Well, my dad is Brandon Lee uh, is uh, you know is Jason Lee." No, Um,
5: (laughs) Jennifer Jason.
1: But Jennifer Jason Lee's my dad, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm I'm auditioning for Kung Fu Next Generation.
2: (laughs) And at this time. Mr. Marvel himself, Stan Lee, is thinking that Brandon would be ideal for the role of superhero Shang-Chi in a television or movie adaptation that didn't get off the ground until 2021. Yeah. With Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And it was a oh. big box office success and received rave reviews. That's interesting, though, isn't that? Could have yeah. been 30 years ago with Brandon Lee. That'd be crazy. And that would have been great. Wow. And no relation to Stan Lee, by the way. Uh. <laughs> Stan Lee, Brandon Lee. Hello. <laughs> Don't get too excited, Kyle. <laughs> and then, get this, Brandon turns down the role of his father in Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. He gets offered the role to play his dad. He really did? Yes. Wow, why did not you do that? Why not? Because he said it would be awkward. That yeah. would be Weird.
1: Yeah, I guess so, but that's been done before, like uh, James Gandolfini's kid in the new. Not to say that's a good example; the movie's horrible. But uh, the Many Saints of Newark. Oh, uh, is that
5: Gandolfini's kid? Yeah, it that's is his kid. the main character.
1: Yes, the main character. No, what? well, it. If you watch it, he's kind of not the main character. But the Tony yeah, Soprano, it's exactly. Yeah, wow. the younger version of uh, I didn't Tony know Soprano. that. Yeah, that's
2: the same crazy. kid who was with him when he died in Italy. Yeah. Damn! In twenty thirteen, when future, he was, I smell future much episode younger. right now. Yeah, so let's hang back on too many details there. And the role would go to actor Jason Scott Lee instead. And again, Wait. no relation. Oh, okay. But another guy named Lee ended up playing the part, That's and great. this guy Jason Scott Lee. He also played Liu Kang in the Mortal Kombat ah, movies in the 90s yes. and Mowgli in the Jungle Book, Luke the Kang. live action version. Yes. Liu Kang. Liu Kang wins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, that's a Al Hatter does that really
2: good. <laughs> From, Finish him. <laughs> while promoting Rapid Fire, How do you get... <laughs> which <her franchise>. <laughs> received <laughs> meh reviews, but everyone decided. That Brandon, as an actor, had charisma. As a leading man. As a leading man, yeah. but the movie was so so. Sure. Some people liked it, it became kind of a cult hit. Mm-hmm. While promoting that, he's cast in the lead role in the movie The Crow, directed by Alex Proyas. I remember this one. And I have a clip Hey, Mark. I need to all over no. the place. What happened? I got
0: shot. I know you got shot, but I thought you were invincible. Yeah, well, I was. I'm not Not anymore. Sorry. Sorry. It poses some really interesting questions. If you died, and then somehow,
5: a year later, you had one day, two days, to come back,
0: what would you do? I mean, first of all, would you tell
2: anyone? You know, because you've got to think like you've got people you left behind. Right. But I mean, they've had a year now to cope with it. Right.
5: They've, they've had a year to deal with having lost you. They've had their grief. Uh, we hope they've they've gone on in some way. You know, they've found a place to keep that and hold it. And now you're back for two days. And he's just got the whole concept of having come back from the dead in the first place. OK, that's right. Uh, to deal with. It's it's a very interesting character for me.
2: The Crow is based on James O'Barr's comic book series, and it didn't have a huge budget in the eight million-ish it like range. One
1: of those action movies where, yeah, they don't have a ton of money, but they did a lot with the what they had. To make a lot, good, yeah,
2: a lot. And Alex Proyas, obviously very talented, Who, visionary wh- filmmaker. What else has
1: he done? Didn't he do an end of the world one with Juliette Lewis one time?
2: I, I don't remember that okay, one. Okay, okay. He went on to do Dark City and iRobot. iRobot?
1: Robot. I, Robot? Will Smith. Really? I watched that recently for the Dark first
2: time. Dark City, uh, iRobot, uh, Knowing, Gods of Egypt. There's really not any no, real big, The big real, the The two to remember are Dark City and iRobot.
5: I did not kill him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie, <laughs> I, Robot. I hated that movie. I, really?
1: I, I, do you ironically like it, or do you really enjoy it?
2: I sat down to watch it, and, and it was just fun the whole time. It was a breeze. It just kept moving. And yeah. Yeah, you enjoyed it. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's yeah, cheesy sci-fi, but slick.
1: Yeah, it is cheesy.
2: Back I, me up here. I didn't love it. Oh. I didn't love it. I don't like action movies, though. But it's more than that. It's, it's, a, it's, it's in the vein of Schwarzenegger action movie. It's sci-fi. Where there's a little extra something going on. Yeah, sci-fi, it's sci-fi fi action do it for me. Gee. All right, moving Unless on. Unless it's Star Wars. <laughs> so the plot of The Crow is a rock musician named Eric Draven is murdered, and then he's raised from the dead by a supernatural crow. And then he goes to avenge his death, as well as the death of his fiance. And he goes after the dangerous gang that killed him. And Brandon Lee, again, he goes with this thing where he doesn't want to be in the direct shadow of his dad. So he is mixing martial arts with aerobics to make the fighting more unique in the movie.
1: Yeah, he does do a weird thing where he, like, swings on stuff. It's not really like martial arts. It's it's something else. And there's a lot of guns and stuff involved in that, too. And just burning shit down.
2: He's very dedicated to the craft and... For instance, in the scene where he's resurrected beforehand, he was sitting with blocks of ice to get the feeling of being really cold. Because he figured that's the kind of feeling you would have being resurrected. (laughs)
1: What? And then <laughs>
2: in the. Is that rain- like a
1: method acting thing? I guess so. Well, he did go to uh, the method acting school in New York.
2: So, yes. Yeah. And in the scenes with rain beforehand, he would soak himself down so that he could get used to being wet, so that he could be more natural on camera when he actually was wet. So <laughs> there's a lot of dedication there.
1: This is like a De Niro level uh, method acting here.
2: Yeah. So dedicated that he. Died in the same way he was supposed to die. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding.
1: hey yo. hey
2: So production for it. The Crow began on February 1st, 1993, and it immediately started with a bad omen. At the production office, they received a voicemail saying, bad things will happen. Don't make this movie. Really? Yeah. And it was being shot in North Carolina, not Hollywood. Mm-hmm. That's oh, something I, I just learned. I didn't, I didn't realize that. that.
5: Yeah.
1: Where in North Carolina are they making this? It's not supposed to be L.A. Clearly, like they're not shooting North Carolina for L.A. It's just no. It's it's some, a futuristic, it's some nondescript kind of area. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember the sequel was City of of Angel, a uh, City of Angels or something. City, city of Crow,
2: Crow, City of Angels.
1: Yeah. So that was supposed to be L.A.
2: Yeah. This one was more vague. It's vague. Yeah. So. Starting with that, this is where the idea that the whole production was cursed. Because on the first day of principal photography, two electricians on the set were driving a pickup truck with a cherry picker. And then they backed right into a live tension wire that controlled all the lights on the set. And one of the guys caught fire. What? And went to the hospital with second and third degree burns all over his body. He survived, but he lost his ears.
1: What did you say? <laughs> Wait a second. What was that last part? Oh, yeah. He's doing a bit about the uh... <laughs> Oh, the ears. <laughs> I just realized that. That's a very my dad thing to do. My mom would be like, did you hear uh, uh, Uncle Joe went deaf? My dad would go, what? What? <laughs> so, so, Kyle, your sense of humor is very much in line with my dad, which is perfect. Hell, yeah. He yeah. likes commercials. That's nah. his favorite thing. <laughs>
2: yeah. Good one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Andrews not happy with that. Yeah. Bit. What, a, uh, <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> what?
2: Say that louder. They're still looking for his ears. Actually, oh, H- his boy. ears were burning.
1: <laughs> no, Kyle oh, won't
5: give me that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me a chuckle.
2: <laughs> and ta- then I'll
5: take it. I'll take it.
2: Then they were hit with what was dubbed the storm of the century, huh. and a hurricane nearly destroyed the back lot set. Fuck all this chaos leads to an entertainment weekly article that was talking all about the curse of the crow.
1: So they're, they're getting fee- like, people are like, you know, leaking this information out to entertainment weekly in the, in the press just letting you, Hey, uh, this, <laughs> this production's a nightmare. I, that's the, yes. I can never work under that pressure or something. Yeah. They do that in Tropic Thunder. I don't know if you, if you remember that, but they do do a news story in that movie about um, the chaotic, Shit going on in the movie Tropic Thunder, Mm. which is a movie within a movie.
2: Yes, it's not even necessarily leaking either. Some major stuff was happening,
1: yeah. But like someone's on set, like you know, explaining in detail to Entertainment Weekly how bad this is going.
2: And going off that, a staff member is quoted as saying, It's not like anybody died. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Famous last words, yeah. And so. The rest of the production is going as smoothly as it can go on this kind of low budget and the conditions they were under. And we get to the scene that was scheduled to be shot on March 30th, 1993. Mm-hmm. And so most of the movie is shot by this point.
1: It's all in the can.
2: Most of it is. Most of it. They, it's day 47 of 52-day shoot.
1: That seems so, long, but were, were they scheduled for for that amount of time, I wonder? Like, Or did they just like... You know, they got the fucking storm. They got all this shit. There were some delays. Yeah.
2: The scene in question is essential to the movie. It's the scene where Draven is murdered. What's supposed to happen is Draven, the rock musician played by Brandon Lee, walks into his apartment and he sees that his fiancee is being beaten and raped. As he's walking in, holding groceries. A thug shoots him with a Wesson Magnum revolver. Then he's killed. Interesting about that is it wasn't supposed to be that way. The scene was supposed to be him walking in and then a knife is thrown at him.
6: Mm -hmm.
2: Makeup artist Lance Anderson says that he was preparing a harness for Lee to catch the knife as he enters. But then it was changed last minute by the director to being shot Mm. by a gun. Mm. So it was supposed to be a knife.
1: Oh, shit. So
2: basically, they were all planning for this knife shot. Yeah. So much so that they were making a harness. So the director last minute... Yeah, decides, changes it. hey, I
1: have some great idea because based on, you know, we already did a knife thing, like last scene maybe, and he wants to change it up.
2: Yeah. So now they do that scene, and the main thug is a character named Fun Boy, played by the actor Michael Massey, in his second movie role. Hmm. So they do the scene and Massey has the prop gun and shoots Brandon Lee as he's entering. And so then Lee drops down and then everybody's waiting for him to get up. Still waiting. Yeah. He stays down. Then they realize something's wrong. Yeah. What's really messed up about this actual scene is when he
5: gets shot, He was um, it was scripted that he would fall forward. And when he got shot, he fell backwards. So like the crew started laughing because they thought he was playing a joke. And then they realized that he was actually shot, and they ran up to him and uh, were taking his pulse. The medic was there, and within three minutes, he was dead.
1: See, that's the thing. No one should be doing bits and jokes
5: on, on these. Uh, yeah, about getting shot. <laughs>
1: yeah, they just keep him laying there for like half an hour. Well, like, yeah,
5: they did let him sit there for a little bit, and then they were like, okay, let's go check it would,
1: him. It wouldn't have saved his life, though, if like no. if anything happened. Yeah. Within the, it was just like they can't do surgery right there
5: and save the guy's life. So. Yeah. And three minutes seems like super quick to die, but if you're the person
2: shot, three minutes is probably so long.
1: If you get shot in the right place, yeah, yeah. you know you're you're done yeah. at that moment. It doesn't matter what happens.
2: And so they go to check on him, and Brandon was unconscious and breathing heavily. And at first, he had a regular pulse, but then within a few minutes, it slowed way down, and there was no visible blood. Yeah. That is crazy that there's no blood.
5: Yeah. yeah. Like so that's more common than you think. I
1: think people think it's going to be a big fucking bloodbath where someone gets shot. Like, I was watching that documentary about the January 6th, uh, like, whatever happened at the Capitol and stuff. Yeah. And that Ashley girl, she got shot in the head. Mm. Um, Ashley Babbitt, I think she, her yeah. name was. And she was trying to, like, maniac, just trying to storm into the Capitol. And some guy, some security oh, yeah. guard just shot her right point blank in the head. Yeah,
5: that's on video.
1: And, I, yeah, I saw the video. I'm like, I don't see the blood, you think, you know. Because you think the blood in the head, you know, would just like, fucking spurt everywhere and it'd be all over the floor. You just don't see it.
5: My aunt had uh, her sister, so my other aunt's, like, insane boyfriend in her apartment after they had, like, a huge fight, apparently. And uh, he was shit-faced and had a gun and was like, I'm going to kill her if I find her. And she was hiding in the oh, apartment. Shit. And then eventually... He just he couldn't find her anywhere. And they were like, dude, like sober up. Let's have a like sit down. Let's have some water. Talk about it. And apparently he took the gun and shot himself in the chest and died right there. And I was like, was there blood everywhere? She's like, no. She's like, there was one drop. Like, after That's they, they picked them up.
1: Maybe some people are just, like, not big bleeders. Like, outwardly. <laughs> like, they, they internally bleed. I don't know.
5: Yeah. It's crazy.
1: One time, I, another time. We're just going to go back and forth. <laughs>
5: I'll
1: just uh, close, mate. <laughs> <laughs> a friend got, uh we there was some big fight in this house party when I was, like, 17 or 18. And a friend got, like, cut on his arm and it was like he they hit the right artery Oof. there was blood everywhere yeah and that's where all the blood is so i maybe it's a person by person or it depends on
2: where you get hit i don't know yeah so they're checking on brandon and someone's like call a medic and he's rushed over to the hanover regional medical center in wilmington north carolina and they spent hours and hours waiting at the hospital the the crew members And time was moving very slowly. But then Brandon died during surgery. And he was pronounced dead on March 31st, 1993, the next day. The shooting was ruled an accident due to negligence. And a fact about this is that it wasn't a bullet that killed him. It was that the dummy head was still in the chamber. And that's what got blasted out. I have a clip, actually.
4: These are a different caliber dummy rounds that we have and the whole goal to making dummy rounds is to make an imitation round that would lead the viewer to believe that it is a live round. So this is the dummy round and this is the live round. Even though this is a dummy round and it's had the gunpowder removed, uh, the primer hasn't been removed or struck. When we do a dummy round, it's always important to remove the primer cap from the center. What happened on the crow was when they put the dummy round in, they forgot to remove the primer. And what happens is, again, that primer has enough force to dislodge the lead round and actually push it into the barrel. We're actually going to pull the trigger, and it'll have just enough force to lodge the, the round in there. So you can see in there our dummy round. We'll index it. Three, two, one. So just with that simple action, that little snap, the the cap's gone off, no gunpowder, but what we'll be able to prove is the hung round inside the
2: barrel. Oh, wow. They put the dummy round in and they'd shoot it, but then the dummy cap was left in the barrel. So then when they go to actually shoot the scene, that dummy cap discharges from the gun and acts like a real bullet.
1: Like a real projectile. Yeah.
2: It hit Brandon Lee in the abdomen. Fuck. Mm. That reminds
1: me of... That moment, I almost got shot one time when my friend oh had
2: my it. <laughs> Are we going into that now? Let's save it's gun that. gun safety. All right, okay. I guess it's gun safety. You're right. All right, go ahead.
1: Uh, well, when I was a kid, uh, I had this friend. I don't want to name it named here, but you know he knows who he is. His dad actually had a like smaller 9 millimeter gun, and um, so his dad had it, but his dad didn't know that his son knew where the gun was. So one time after dinner, um, the dad was downstairs. He was with his wife or girlfriend at the time because he was just divorced. Yeah. Um, so he had a new girlfriend, brand new house, brand new gun, I guess. So me and my friend went upstairs and he w- he grabbed the gun, which was in his dad's stuff, kind of like underneath clothes. It wasn't even like anywhere you wouldn't be able to find it. Yeah. Um, finds the gun and then we bring it back into his bedroom and then he cocks it one time with the clip in it then takes the clip out, not knowing, you know, dumb 15-year-old kid that there's a bullet in the fucking chamber right now. Wow. So he's, like, waving it all around the bedroom. He's, like, fucking around with it, pretending he's, like, a gangster with it, this and that. And then all of a sudden, he's pointing it underneath his bed. (laughs) (laughs) And he just pulls the trigger all all the way back. And it just goes, boom, through the fucking floor of this. (laughs) Yeah. And our ears are just, like fucking ringing we can't hear yeah. anything the tv is on i can't even hear yeah. anything i thought i got shot at this time at this oh point i'm like maybe i just got hit and like i'm 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 a, I'm a low bleeder like Brandon <laughs> lee or something Man. and i just don't even know what's going on yeah and we're both just like looking at each other what is going on right <laughs> now and this is like a suburban house this is not like you know We're in downtown South Boston here or anything. Yeah. The dad comes up, and he looks exactly like New Gingrich. (laughs) Remember the the former Speaker of the House who's not a nice guy?
5: White hair, red face.
1: White hair, red face, you know, Irish guy drunk. Pissed Um, off. Yeah, it's that time of night, if you know what I mean. Um (laughs) He comes up and he's, we just see him mouthing words, <laughs> screaming. What
0: the fuck is going <laughs> yeah.
1: on <with> up <laughs> the I mean? <laughs> And then at, at that point, my friend had hidden the gun under a little pillow <laughs> and thinking, like, this is all going to go away. This will all melt away. We'll be fine. And then, his- and this is at night? This is that night. Yeah, right after dinner. We just went up there and started playing with, with this gun, which is the dumbest thing in the world.
5: So the light's just shooting through a hole in the ground.
1: Like. <laughs> yeah, the light from the dining room downstairs. I'm, I'm looking through and seeing his girlfriend. His mom's yeah. eyes. <laughs> yeah, a roach is, like, climbing out of it. So the dad's like what's going on and, and my friend all of a sudden just goes I think some kids are putting off fireworks outside the window <laughs> like we're in the Bronx or something you know yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a suburban two story house yeah and so he's like all right where's the fucking gun <laughs> 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 and he gives it to him oh, my, my ears are ringing I'm told to go downstairs <laughs> and wait I'm driven home by the girlfriend <laughs> And I never saw that kid basically ever again. Wow, he was he was sent uh, off to Catholic school, <laughs> and uh, we uh, we didn't really remain friends. We we were like close, like right. You know, we he lived down the street from me. We both worked at Boston Chicken uh, <laughs> when it opened down the street together. But yeah,
5: friends no more.
1: Friends No More once again gets involved. Once again gets involved. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah. it puts a damper on things. We can't have you, Michael. We
1: can't have you no more, Michael.
2: Our son shot a gun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we hear you were involved with firearms, Michael. We can't have you.
2: Could have been worse. You could (laughs) be dead.
1: I could have took a shot. You guys are fucking lucky. Absolutely, are we? <laughs> buddy's a bad shot. Alejandro tells it like it is.
0: <laughs>
2: You're the lucky one because you survived the yeah. shooting. Unlike Brandon Lee. Unlike Brandon Lee, yeah. And uh, producer Jeff Most, who uh, initially bought the rights to film The Crow,
4: mm-hmm.
2: he did not want to continue the film.
1: It was basically yeah, gone. five
2: days left. Yeah, he's he's in shock.
1: Well, that's admirable. He's the guy with the most money on the line to say, you know.
2: And same with Alex Proyas. He didn't want to continue either. Really? They're just all in shock. PTSD. But it's Eliza Hutton, who was Brandon Lee's fiancé. Since 1991, they had been dating. She and Brandon's mom are the ones who convinced the crew to press on, that Brandon would have wanted the movie to be finished. And so they finished the movie. A stunt double came in who looked a lot like Brandon.
1: I remember they did this. They kind of shot around him, basically. Yeah. Which was very tastefully done, unlike The Sopranos, where they shot that uh, crazy scene with the mother who died in her last scene, (laughs) where she looks like a monster, basically.
2: Yeah, they (laughs) don't always do it tastefully. No. This one, they were able to get away with it. And the makeup artist who was making that knife harness, he was asked to make a mask of Brandon's face. To put on the stunt double. Oh, my God. And that it freaked everybody out on the set. That would be creepy.
1: That's also illegal now. Uh, I don't know if this was the rule then, but Crispin Glover was in uh, Back to the Future 1, and they, they wanted him to be in 2. And he gave him some outrageous quote, which they said no, and they tried to use a likeness of, it, yeah. of him. He sued them, and now it's like a precedent after that. You can't just... Use someone's likeness. Obviously, you know, yeah, he, this Brandon, had the
2: blessing of his yeah, family. Yeah, had already signed up for this. He yeah. was dead. Yeah. So everybody's freaked out. and Now you have this stunt double on the set that looks like Brandon. So it's just very eerie. Yeah. So some changes were made. The remaining scenes were shot in montage shadow, had less conversation. So in the scene in question, though, which was an important scene, the shots involving Draven's death They were redone, and obviously nowhere in the final movie is the shot of him getting shot while holding the grocery bag. Instead, as he enters the apartment, a knife is thrown at him by a different actor, not Michael Massey. Draven is wounded and then later dragged to the center of the room and then shot again by fun boy Michael Massey and then tossed out the window to his death.
5: Yes, I remember.
1: And this
2: was done with the double. And the only time you see Lee's face is in the series of shots as he's falling. And that was done digitally. Oh, wow. And we have a clip of that from the movie, how it appears in the movie.
5: So all these shots are the body double. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. And as he's falling there, that was digitally added. You can tell. Yeah. When you study it.
1: It moves so quick, though. It's yeah, to.
2: it moves quick. It's impressionistic. And it's hard to spot. Wow. So that's how they solve that issue. Wow. And... Brandon's mom, Linda, filed a lawsuit against the filmmakers alleging negligence in August 1993, even though that's the same woman who told them to press on and finish the movie. But it's just insurance, though. Yeah, and the suit was settled two months later under undisclosed terms. No criminal charges were ever filed. Yeah, people were really
5: upset about that, but um, a lot of people think that it was because North Carolina didn't want to make any waves against people in Hollywood because they wanted people to come there and film. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So their prosecutors were like, you know, we'll be hands off on this, and we're a pro-business
5: state. Yeah, they got paid out. Like, nobody else needs to suffer because of this. And the
1: mom got some money from an insurance company. Yeah. No one's crying over insurance companies
2: investigators claimed they reviewed the footage but after studying it they said it was an accident and so hmm. no further inquiries case were closed. made case closed. case closed and then the other thing is there are rumors that the studio just cut too many corners and that the experts just weren't there on the set and well, that, that this was a assumption. massive mistake one that a pro should not be making they were handling these dummy bullets and that should never have happened yeah. Whoever's in charge of that wasn't doing their job, but none of this stuff was ever pursued. So we'll never know exactly what happened. And there's no direct name associated with who was handling
1: that. Yeah, And I'm sure, you know, it's a lesson learned in the business and people, you know, a big
2: lesson learned. Yeah. And I have one more clip of Michael Massey.
5: Michael Massey, the guy is the person who actually pulled the trigger, the actor, and he did not fare well. After all this stuff, oh, He nah.
1: farewelled oh,
5: is he still left? no he's dead um, died in two thousand and sixteen
2: of cancer
3: and of course you you have experienced a, a stunt in your life that went tragically awry
2: tragically awry. and it's uh, and i've never
4: talked about this on camera and it's something that i'm that i 'm going to live with it's taken me. <clears throat> took me the time it took to be able to not so much put it in perspective, but to be able to move on with my life.
3: The thing is, it wasn't supposed to happen. It
4: absolutely wasn't supposed to happen. I wasn't even supposed to be handling the gun in the scene until we started shooting the scene and the director changed it. Uh... It wasn't supposed to happen for a myriad of reasons. He was so far off that had it been a real gun, we wouldn't have been able to hit the side of a barn with it, you know? He, it, there was, what, the bottom line is, it
2: did happen. He reportedly was a broken man afterwards. Although it was his second movie and he went on to work a lot. So he stayed pretty busy despite being a broken man. Yeah, But yeah, he obviously was, haunted by it
1: yeah well that's a tough thing to kill someone yeah (laughs) i don't know a lot of people who have killed someone
2: i don't know anybody
5: really i know two people have been killed but i didn't know the people who killed them oh really
2: yeah Jeez. so dragon the bruce lee story premiered on april 28th shortly after his death at man's chinese theater it was called at the time and His mom afterwards said the movie did their family proud. And the movie's actually dedicated to Brandon with the quote, the key to immortality is first living a life worth remembering.
1: That's rare that the family would actually be on board. A lot of times they come out of the movie, they're like, I fucking hate this shit.
2: Mm. And The Crow also dedicated to Brandon released in 1994 and it grossed over $50 million above its $23 million budget. And it received mostly positive reviews, notably the visual style and the commanding performance of Brandon Lee. Yeah. The New York Times called it a genre film of a high order. And the Washington Post noted that Lee haunts every frame. And so The Crow is influential. You know, it influenced sci-fi, futuristic films to follow. Other comic book adaptations took their cues from it.
1: Yeah, I remember that movie coming out. I remember every goth in my high school was like wore that crow t-shirt all mm-hmm, the time yeah. they, they painted their vases white and they got culture
2: essentially born from that movie well, in the 90s
1: I, well that's debatable i that'd be a funny deep dive into goth culture because i remember the cure was before that yeah, yeah people yeah, would like yeah. the For robert sure. smith shit and right. like you know robert. i'm talking
2: 90s goth though 90s yeah. goth set the went tone mainstream yeah. Yeah, yeah the mainstream of it
1: yeah maybe that just yeah i think it is i i
2: as, I don't think about Gott that much, but yeah. <laughs> but he has that look. That is such a yeah. iconic classic long, look. black his, hair. And, his makeup, black yeah. and white.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I remember some, you know, Nice got people that that always wore. They wore the same Crow t shirt every single day at school.
2: Yeah, I've never seen a clean Crow t shirt. <laughs> no, because <Well>, they <laughs> unripped. Their their parents only let them get the one t shirt, so they yeah. have to keep repurposing it. <laughs>
1: and they're cutters too, so you know they're cutting
2: them up. Yeah, <laughs> and it's hard to get blood out of shirts. <laughs> well,
1: if they're bleeders, not everyone's a bleeder. We're yeah, find, finding out today. <laughs> yeah.
2: And that's Brandon Lee. So yeah. much potential, a skyrocketing Hollywood career cut very short. Yeah. Just like his Shot dad. Shot very short. He would have. Shot very short. You're right. Would've it would have been cut if they did the original they, scene with the knife. Exactly. And you have so many not lasting effects necessarily in the film industry because we're going to get to that with Kyle in a second. But just Michael Massey, the guy who pulled the trigger. Lee's fiancé, his family, yeah. all the crew members were, to this day, they're still broken up about it. Because everyone takes some blame. Oh, yeah. 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 Every, there's so many what-ifs with this. Yeah. And if Brandon Lee had done Dragon, played his dad in Dragon, he would still be alive. Yeah. Most likely.
1: Most You never know.
2: You but, never know. But
1: he had that that curse on him, so you never know if it was destined to happen.
2: Yeah, the curse... And then another theory is the same Chinese mafia who killed Bruce Lee killed Brandon Lee and put the bullet in the gun. But that's wow. These Chi- this
1: Chinese mafia is really good.
2: <laughs> that's they, can, they, they die. Say what
1: you will about the Chinese mafia, and I say a lot about
5: it. <laughs> yeah. They good. clear call sheets.
1: They get <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: on set. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy.
1: Yeah, they talk to key grips and <laughs> uh, they're involved in the craft services and stuff. <laughs> Debunked, of course, because
2: it was not a real bullet. Unless they did the long con with it and just yeah. they knew what they were doing. They set up the negligent atmosphere yeah, on the set and just hoped that some idiot was gonna. They got the script the gun the on wrong the
1: blacklist. Way. They got the script on the blacklist. <laughs> they, they recommended uh, <laughs> their
2: nephew to be the arms trainer on the set. Yeah. And one last note about Brandon Lee is that he died at the age of twenty eight. Just missing the 27 Club. Oh, yeah. Mm. Jimi Hendrix. Kurt Cobain. And that was the last major accidental death from a gun on a movie set until... Until October 2021.
5: It got confused uh, by some people... When I said that I w- if I had to bet a working actor in Hollywood would eventually kill someone, it would be Alec Baldwin. And people hit me up on Instagram and were like, what are you talking about? He's the nicest guy ever. Why would you ever think this guy would kill somebody? I was Who like, first of the all, guy? kidding. People even my age. I thought it was a widely known thing that this guy has... Uh, little bit of a temper. <laughs> well, he's a- wrestling anger. around the streets of Manhattan with uh, photographers and stuff. Photographers, <laughs> paparazzi, police, and his own daughter. Yeah. I don't think people knew about the voicemail to his daughter. That's a big one. That's a real big one. Yeah. And I listened to it recently, and I was like, wow, we have to play at least some of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> so hear it. People can get a background of the joke.
0: Yeah.
1: If you want to know who we're dealing
5: with. Yeah. Hey, I want to tell
0: you something, okay? And I want to leave a message for you right now. Because, again, it's 1030 here in New York on a Wednesday. And once again, I've made an ass of myself trying to get to a phone to call you at a specific time. <laughs> when the time comes for me to make the phone call, I stop whatever I'm doing. And I go and I make that phone call at 11 o'clock in the morning in New York. And if you don't pick up the phone at 10 o'clock at night and you don't even have that goddamn phone turned on, I want you to know something, okay? Uh, I'm tired of playing this game with you.
2: I'm leaving this message with you to tell you you have insulted me. It's With a, a, a long message, time. too. It's a very, yeah. I thought answering machines me. cut you off after a minute. This is
1: such a dad <laughs> thing to leave a voicemail <laughs> like this. I, don't give
2: a I never got a voicemail like this are. from my dad.
1: No, 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 not like this from my dad. <laughs> but voicemails in general. Yeah. <laughs> you me
0: feel like
1: shit. Go off, over King.
0: Again. <laughs> and this crap you pull on me.
1: With this goddamn phone situation that you would
0: never dream of doing to your mother, and you're oh, going Kim to constantly and over and over again, I am going to get on a plane and I'm going to come out there for the day and I'm going to straighten your ass out. <laughs> wow. you? Do you understand me? How you like me? I'm man. going to really make sure you get it. Then I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to come home. So you better be ready Friday the
1: twentieth imagine You're being right next to him on this point Boy.
0: about what a rude little pig you really are you are a rude thoughtless little pig
5: okay <laughs> a mean, little right? pig but she I says wanna... pig twice um she's 10 years old here yeah he goes just, yeah, she wait, no, <laughs> no, no, no she was 11 he goes 11 or 12 or however <laughs> old <laughs> you are yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. he doesn't no, even unclear, know how old she is unclear on the age
1: <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> even if she's 11 that's crazy
5: so i think even people my age uh might have been too young for that that was my when i was in high school so that was between 2000 and 2003 probably when that no happened. i think it was a little later was it yeah I'm pretty sure I was in high school because I remember listening to it on the radio what and laughing maniac. my ass off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, on
1: the radio. What, what, what's playing that? Is that gem in 94? Yes, five?
5: I was about to what, say. Was it really? Yeah, Baltazar and Pebbles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're pranking people, 94.5. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
5: so that anger, I thought a lot of people knew about it. Apparently they didn't, and they didn't quite get the joke, but that's what it's coming from. Clearly we didn't know that he was going to shoot somebody by accident on a set,
2: He's famously got in altercations with paparazzi, Yeah, even other media people. Like there was one guy that wrote an article about him that was unflattering. And so then he knew the guy was gay. So he's like, I could stick my foot up your ass, but you would enjoy it too much. (laughs) So then Anderson Cooper went on and said like, oh, that sounded a bit homophobic. So then Alec Baldwin went on Howard Stern blasting Anderson Cooper. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's a monster of a person. Very um, mean, angry. Great actor, though.
2: Great, hell you know of an what? actor.
1: Great actor. I. It's hard not to say that, but you know he's he, he's great in everything he does. Mostly everything he does.
2: Yeah, really good at picking movies. Besides recently, well, um, I'm thinking of on a plane. I was watching this one directed by Fred Wolf of all people. He's associated with David Spade and was a writer on SNL in the nineties. Oh, A movie called "Drunk Parents" with Salma Hayek—that is one of the worst movies ever made. You saw it. I saw the first 15 minutes. I I had to shut it off. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It—the movie's so bad, you cringe in a way you never thought you could cringe before. There's no
1: real premise. It's just like oh,
2: it's laughless and it's just embarrassing. I think some
1: people say like, "Oh, Alec Baldwin, you know, he's got plenty of money. He doesn't need to do any of this stuff." I don't know about that. Yeah, you know he's got this fucking big place in Manhattan. Yeah, he's got a Long Island uh, house. You know, he's got two wives. Now he's got like a litter of kids. He's got like <laughs> eleven kids. He's leaving these crazy voicemails <laughs> yeah. for now. So he's, that's a lot of voicemails, a lot of kids, and a lot of money. Right. He's he's got to pay out
2: yeah. all his kids with Hillary well, We don't
1: want. We don't want to go down that path
2: again <laughs> of the Ilaria thing. Or but do that, we? But having so many kids at that age. Yeah. I'm not judging. Yeah, he's, no, like, he's, like, older
1: guy now, and he's, like, having Yeah, kids he's in when his he's, 60s. When he's, yeah,
2: like, 62. They have five young kids? Yeah. <laughs> six? Uh, do they have six now? They have, like, a crazy amount of I kids. think he has
1: five with her, and I think he has this daughter, Ireland, with Kim Basinger, right? Like- yeah.
2: And the voicemail was in 2007. Okay. Officially. The one we call her a fat pig. Oh, 2007? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was college. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Close enough. She was being a pig. She was a pig. <laughs> 11 or 12
1: or however old you are. <laughs> I'm but. getting on a
5: plane and I'm going to straighten your ass out.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've heard he has issues on planes too. He got in a fight with a stewardess one time because right. he wouldn't put his phone away. Oh, wow. So, like, they're taxiing around, you know, like uh, what before they, you know, <laughs> take off. Yeah, and he's got his phone out and it's on, and like he's not on an airplane mode. And she's like, "Blah blah blah, can you do this?" And you know what? I see the gray area in there too, a little bit.
5: Yeah, they just allowed people to stu- like keep using their phones like recently.
1: Yeah, is a cell is a cell phone while you're just taxiing around really going to bring it down later? Like, what is no. that going to do?
5: Yeah, they're saying it was like interfering with the uh, the radar or whatever that the they use to get tracked by
2: whatever but it's not true yeah it's not true
1: it seems bullshit
2: yeah the key question is what does all this have to do with the accident on the movie rust well the movie
5: rust uh they were filming it for the last few weeks in santa fe new mexico everybody's already heard
2: last week that alec baldwin was rehearsing a scene um which i said yeah, I thought they were rehearsing that. At first, it was reported that they were filming the scene yeah. so that they could get a straight-on shot for the camera. Yeah. But when I heard the story initially, I'm like, I bet he was rehearsing.
5: Yeah, they it, it is official. They were rehearsing the scene. And the weird thing about this is that the plot of the movie has to do with an accidental killing, which is creepy.
1: Holy fuck. Yeah. So they're like, like covering it up.
5: It says it's different circumstances, but there's an accidental killing. And then the person gets hung to death. So uh, maybe, Alec, this could happen to him, but I don't. I hope not. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know the laws in New Mexico. Anything yeah. can happen out there.
2: The movie's about a 13-year-old boy who's left to fend for himself and his younger brother following the death of their parents in 1880s Kansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he accidentally kills someone and is put on death row. Yeah. And Alec Baldwin is trying to save him in the movie. And in trying to
5: save this boy, he actually really killed somebody. So, like the, the crazy thing about this movie and like the whole production is just the fact that there were so many missteps along the way. Apparently, days before, I think five days before, they had this scene that they were rehearsing where uh, the cinematographer Helena Hutchins was killed. A bunch of the crew handed in resignation letters because they said they were cutting corners the entire way, they didn't feel safe on set. They were revoking hotels that they said that they were already getting paid for. Oh, my God. So these people were just going through hell. This
1: is like a Weinstein production. Yeah. It's just that cheap.
5: And literally anybody who was in the union handed in resignation letters except for uh, one of the camera ops and Helena Hutchins. Oh, fuck. So they were the only two that actually stayed. And then everybody else was replaced by non-union. So that's strike number one. Strike number two, the assistant director... I'm going to have to look up this guy's name.
2: David Hall? Uh, Yes, David Hall. Or Hall. I think that's Halls. Some annoying plural. Pick a normal name. Dave Halls. Dave Halls.
5: Yeah, so apparently he's already had a string of mishaps. Um, He was fired off of a set in 2019 because he was handling a gun, which he should... Assistant directors don't handle guns. Prop masters do. Mm. And every set has one that is uniquely staffed to them so that they know that they're in charge of every gun or any prop weapon that is going through the set they need to make sure and clear that everything is cool it's not going to hurt anybody what
1: comes in what comes out what's what's in there who's when it's been loaded what's been in the chambers etc cetera, etc cetera.
5: yeah but this fucko dave halls ace hole, ace hole. <laughs> i got shot you acehole, hole, ace hole. He was removed from a set Immediately after a prop gun was discharged Production would not resume Filming until Dave was Off site they did an incident report At the time but Because a gun was accidentally discharged Yes Jesus Yeah because he handed a gun off to somebody that dis- so Was discharged like by a stuntman Like
1: a fucking not great person Idiot. To do this yeah, yeah.
2: And flagged is a good word because I bet the people who are making Rust knew this about this guy Yeah, I would assume so. Or they
5: just didn't do their due diligence.
1: Or they just knew, like, you know, he's not the best, but we we can get what we can get on this budget.
5: So this guy is just a total moron. And yeah, they probably got him on the cheap because he's probably not in favor in Hollywood. So they'll just give him whatever money he wants. This is purely speculation. But hey, let's get this idiot for cheap. We'll make sure he's not touching the guns, whatever. They allowed him to touch of guns as well as this girl, Hannah Gutierrez. She's young. She's in her early twenties. And the reason she was working on this as a prop master, this was actually her first full-time prop master gig. And she is the daughter of like a big prop master in Los Angeles. Um, so she's pretty much like a rich kid that gets to come in and like do what my parents do. Nepotism. Yeah. And so, but not do it as well. She was on a podcast recently right before they started filming that said, she said she was like super nervous because she doesn't think she can handle the responsibility of a prop master that like has to handle guns. Who'd she say this to? She said it on a podcast before they actually started filming. Mm -hmm. Wait, so she got hired and then was like, talking on this podcast oh, with people I saying, I don't know if I'm ready for it. And
1: she acknowledges that she doesn't really have the background or skills or experience or anything in order to to do this job on a daily basis.
5: Yeah. She's pretty
2: much the opposite of Brandon Lee.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: and I've heard of fake it till you make it, but I'm not sure that I'd fake being a prop yeah. expert. Yeah, that's... caretaker of the gun Yeah. To know that safety is in my hands and I'm not experienced. I just no. Yeah. That.
1: Think it to your make it's good if you're like a you know talk show host or you know <laughs> or you know doing an open mic or something, but not fucking having people's lives in your hands.
2: Yeah. Oh. She's like seen in these photos this Gutierrez girl. She has her colored hair. She's like posing with the guns and all happily. Oh shit. She seems like a gun nut.
5: Yeah, she seems like a fake cowboy. They got all these like, weird yeah. pictures of her, like, pow, pow. Like, you would take it at a mall kiosk where they like do the sepia photos of you dressed in like a saloon. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's not good for someone to be doing it for the gram on set. Right. No. You want someone that never heard of Instagram.
1: Yeah. You want some old guy that sounds like a prospector who's like 85 years old, who's seen it all. He's been on Gunsmoke and stuff. Yeah. He's worked with every single person from Clint Eastwood to you name it.
5: Yeah, absolutely. So apparently the reason they had all these guns like in a separate location, they weren't actually in the room where they were doing the shot because of COVID restrictions. So they had three guns on a cart outside of the church or wherever they were shooting this scene. And the assistant director went, got the gun, didn't know there was a live round in it because apparently they had been using these guns for target practice with actual bullets between sets. Wow. And so this is the That's only the one. the other thing that came out shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Playing around with it, essentially. Yep. The guns. Yeah. They were just taking them out and setting up bottles and stuff and hitting signs with it and see again, just throwing it
2: back on the cart like it's nothing. And that's that Hannah girl, right? Yeah. That is not who you want in charge of safety. No. You want that person that they're so boring and. They don't talk to you, anyone. You yeah, know? they don't talk to you. You're not gonna go have a beer with them. They're serious about everything, yeah. and they do everything over the top to be safe. Yeah, you want that person in charge of the props. I don't even think it was it
5: was Hannah's.
2: I mean, it's definitely her fault
5: because she should be overseeing these weapons. But I think it was such like a, a loose vibe because it's like this mini budget independent kind mm, of movie okay. where people were just like it was literally like crew members and stuff were taking mm-hmm. the guns and like shooting them with like people from the movie, like actual actors and stuff.
2: So they were all just like messing around with these guns. That came out with one of the actors in the movie, Jensen Echoes. He said that he was told by the A.D. here, pick out the gun you want to use in the scene. Mm. Yeah.
1: This is the intentional gun that we set up here for you and is prepped and ready to go. Like, hey, whatever gun you want to use here. Pretty fucking wild to do that.
5: So apparently when they were actually coming to film this scene or at least do the rehearsal, like I said, the guns were on the cart outside because of COVID. So they went out. Dave Halls grabs the gun, doesn't know that there's a live round in it, doesn't check to see if there's a live round in it, doesn't do anything. He just hands it to Alec and just says, cold gun. Which means that there's no live rounds in it. It, it. It's not a hot weapon, so it's
2: it's not going to hurt anybody. Crazy. What if the gun was just physically cold at that moment, <laughs> and so he just meant like, "Hey, be careful when you pick this up. It's cold. Could be. It's chilly gun.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the chilly gun.
2: Cool gun. Cool gun. He's like, "Thank you.
1: <laughs> Ooh, I like my guns cold. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to. St- uh, we're not going to bring the Vegito back for this one." <laughs> Sorry, let's not go down that road.
0: Great big bullet. Oh, great ass.
5: <laughs> I want that
0: gun on ice. Okay.
5: So what's kind of unclear is how the assistant, how the, you know, Helena got hit and the director, Joel Souza. They were saying that they they might have been behind a camera. They were doing like a down the barrel of the gun shot. Um, but, but they, they were,
2: were rehearsing, weren't
5: they? Right. But they were saying that even if they were rehearsing and they were doing the down the barrel of a gun shot where he's just pointing it directly at a camera like in a duel or something, that they should have been enclosed in either a a bulletproof case, just in case, or it should have been a remote camera operated on the side, so like they wouldn't even be behind the camera. The camera would just be there by itself.
1: Is this like industry standard? Like yes, the way they would typically do it in these scenarios. And these, yeah, just decide to do their own thing. Just yeah. like you know, we have a low budget here. Yeah, we know what ru- we're doing. We're running and gunning, literally. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I thought he was practicing. Twirling the gun from his belt or something. I hadn't heard that. And no, I was well,
5: Alejandro's
1: got some sign- I was watching oh, a bunch of in- interviews and okay. stuff today.
2: He's got a thought I, I thought I heard something that it went off while he was cursing oh. with it, Oof. just handling it. Jesus. And it misfired. Uh. But that's not what they were talking about on the news? No. Okay. Not, well, maybe I'm not, wrong. Not what I saw.
1: Alejandro's special tip line, I think.
2: He's got his own. <laughs> and I even watched a bunch of them from today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I, I must have heard a false theory. So they were not filming, but they were like setting up the shot. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. They were blocking it out, as far as I know. But then it did just accidentally go off, correct? He didn't shoot it, right? Or they were testing it with him shooting it. I think that's yet to be determined. I think that's okay. in the investigation.
1: They're not going to get ahead of it and just start throwing facts out there. You know, what we're hearing now is kind of stuff coming off the set from people that were there that are just talking to
5: reporters and shit, right? Yeah. So they say there's an article here from the L.A. Times that says Souza told the detective that the cast and crew had been preparing for the scene before lunch, then took a meal break around 1230 p.m. When they returned, the director said he wasn't sure whether the gun was checked again. He also addressed the possibility of cast crew bringing live ammunition and live rounds onto the set, which is nuts. For me, it looks like they were super
1: bored on set. So at this point, they're like, we're not getting paid shit. We're bored, Um, you know, there's a lot of time in between shots, so we're just going to start fucking shooting shit around. And it became like a thing, you know, everyone's like, oh, I can't wait till the scene's done, we can go shoot shit again in the desert. And yeah, I think people just start, you know, having fun and forgetting that gun safety is that
5: important. Yeah. Alejandro is correct. In this article, it says, when they came back from lunch, a creeping shadow prompted the camera to be moved to a different angle. As Baldwin was explaining how he was going to draw his gun and where his arm would be positioned, it discharged.
1: Oh, okay.
5: And so it hit Hutchins and then went- In the chest. Yeah, went completely through her and then went into the director's, Joel uh, Sousa's shoulder. Jesus. So she was killed instantly and he was taken to a hospital and was released the next day. She did die instantly
2: because they flew her to a hospital. She could have been dead already. Yeah. So she was pronounced dead at the hospital then. Probably, yeah. Okay. And you want to play a little of the 911 call? Sure. Because this is a perfect representation of that chaos you were describing on the set. In the call, the script supervisor is the one talking. She's the one that makes the call. And you can just tell that there's confusion on the set. It's not as desperate as you would think. There's confusion, yeah. confusion, but there's also certainty in who's to blame. Yeah, there's certainty in who's to blame, which is Dave Hall's.
3: Yeah. Santa Fe Fire and EMS, wants location of emergency? N- uh, Bonanza Creek Ranch we'll has we'll two see. people accidentally shot on a movie set by a prop gun. We need help immediately. Okay. Bonanza Creek Ranch, come on. Wait. Stay on the phone with me. We're going to get some help, okay? Okay. okay. What a, is your name? Don't hang up, okay? Hold on just one second. It sounds like somebody else is calling for two ambulances. You better on. make sh- Good. Everybody should be. We need some help, I've. Director and our cameraman, camera woman has been shot. Are they going to take him to the road? So was it loaded with a real bullet or one? I don't, I cannot tell you that. Okay. We have two injuries from a movie. Can she not nine. tell you that
5: because she doesn't know or for yes. legal reasons?
3: Okay, we're getting them out there already. Ooh, to she says, says I cannot tell you that. Okay. Sounds like they're launching about revisions. It's so did you see him lay on and yell at me? She's supposed to check the, guns. He's the gun. She's responsible for it. She's blaming Dave no, Halls no, immediately,
5: no. saying he was yelling at me. Did you hear that asshole <laughs> yelling at me?
3: I re- that I know of. <laughs> Holy I was sitting, shit. we were rehearsing, and it went off, and I ran out. We all ran out. Is there any serious bleeding? I don't know. I ran out of the building. What was still number? Ran to-
5: out of the building? I well, mean, what well, was she, there not
1: a cell phone in front of her? Why does she have to run out of the building in order to call 911? Well,
5: actually, that might be true that they, they might not have been allowed to have things on set. But if they're shooting targets and stuff between shots, they probably all had gu- uh, guns, probably all had phones on them. Well, if this Halls guy is such a fucking prick. That he's yelling
1: at her. Maybe he was like, you know, no cell phones on set or something.
2: Could be. And I was just saying, it's not like a desperate 911 call. Because she's talking to someone else on the call, complaining about the AD. Well, she seems more concerned about herself. Yeah, her family
1: member, though. So it's not like her... It's not like Brittany Murphy called 911. Her mom was going fucking ballistic because it was her daughter. But this
2: is like someone you just kind of work with, and it's not really... Yeah, but if you see someone get shot, it sounds like she's just... Talking to her friend Complaining about the AD She takes a break From the 911 call To complain about this guy There's yeah. nothing in like her she's voice she's on a cigarette break just Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly That's what it sounds like Yeah
5: And I think we just found out Mark's a sociopath Why uh, is that? <laughs> You're like <laughs> uh, It's just someone You kind of work with You don't really well, care Well,
1: I'm trying to get in the mind Of why this lady Is so coldly
5: <laughs> expressing very little uh compassion for this person well there's so many miserable people in the entertainment industry on like the production level that oh, yeah, i can okay. see exactly this type of person that's literally just complaining about how they were treated o- over someone and who's bleeding they're, they're in the street questioned right questioned
1: now from the 9 one uh, person they're like uh, uh, hold on i'm i have uh, i'm complaining to my <laughs> <Yeah. friend." laughs>
5: yeah, they're like where exactly are you she's like hey this asshole was yelling at me did you guys hear this yeah <laughs> and they're like where were you and she ran out of the building. She said they all ran out, which it's like, fuck, man. And like
2: you're not. Gonna Maybe s- they
1: thought more bullets were coming or something. They thought what they were that? under attack or we're something. Under attack or sometimes bullets no,
2: ricochet. Ship, that script supervisor doesn't sound like she thinks she's under attack no she seems like she's under personal attack instead of say instead of desperately trying to save the life of the person who was shot she's complaining about he yelled at me and i didn't like the tone he had with me the fact that we can hear that on the 911 call is insane yeah you should never be able to hear those kind of casual (laughs) details on (laughs) 911 calls yeah
5: i think she was preparing for the legality of all of it i think her saying i cannot tell you that I think it sounds like she doesn't know, but I think it's also more of her being like, I legally can't, I got to well, stick up for this She's scene. passing
1: the buck kind of saying, you, you should ask these people who were more responsible for this. Right. Not me, because I wasn't, and I'm complaining to my friend about it.
5: <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, they're wondering, is Alec Baldwin going to be, I guess, fiscally liable? Is that a thing? Well, uh, he's a producer monetarily? on it. He's exactly. a producer
1: on it, so. Yeah. Well, the insurance is the one... Is usually the one who's going to take the brunt of it.
5: Yes, but he was handed six resignation letters just days before this happened over concerns about safety on the set.
2: Yeah. That's where I go back and forth, because on the one hand, you feel bad for him because he was handed what he was told was a cold gun, and it misfires while he's handling it, Mm. but... He's also the producer on the movie, and he is incredibly famous, incredibly powerful, and you got to think that he could have had some say in having better working conditions on this movie, where he is the -the above-the-name star and producer. Yeah. And he's not even, like,
5: comparatively, he's not making that much money for this movie. The entire movie cost $6 million, and I wonder how much of that went to him, personally.
1: It's all all back-end money. I'm sure when he agreed to this, they're like... You're coming on as a producer and there's back end money, but now there's like, it's a fucking liability.
5: Yeah. Now it's a <laughs> it's actual like an
1: albatross around his fucking neck.
5: Now it's actually a criminal investigation, which is Dave Hall is going to be arrested. I could see that happening. Um, the girl who is the prop master. I think those are the two biggest ones. Alec Baldwin, I think, yeah, he's probably going to be kind of screwed over civilly, criminally i don't think so i don't know but i know we kind of mentioned it at the beginning but i don't know if actors should have to be trained in firearms just to yes pretend to be a superhero
2: or a gangster if or you're something using like point blank no pun intended <laughs> if you're using anything that could be harmful yeah. to anyone you should be trained in it and this is the same discussion we got into on twilight zone the movie should directors be trained into handling intense special effects mm. like explosions absolutely the same way actors should be trained in handling well, prop guns real guns knives whatever the hell you're using so what
1: about stunt drivers too like you know like Uma Thurman on the set of um she um,
2: shouldn't have been in that situation yeah yeah just, that was Tarantino's kill fault. bill kill bill yeah yeah she was she has permanent injuries from that car crash and he told her it in was which, safe.
1: Just to give some background to the listeners, uh, in Kill Bill, she was doing very dangerous moves, a lot of things that were just like, you know, too crazy for her to do and she didn't really have a background. Yeah, she was driving
5: anything. in the woods yeah. and ended up crashing the car Yeah, and actually smashed her head and was telling him, like, this isn't, the, the car doesn't seem safe. He's like, I drove it before, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Get it. Come on, come on, come on, we yeah. need you in there. We don't want a stunt person in there. we would we'll have to, like, cut, film different ways and blah, blah, blah.
2: Yeah. And yep. in the movie, it's nothing. Yeah, it's such a... <laughs> it's a quick shot, doesn't add anything.
5: Well,
1: these guys, that you know, they get so motivated and they want to get these shots done right away, and they just kind of cut corners, and that is what happens here,
5: there, everywhere. Yeah. But I think, you know, instead of... Having to go through training with these people, just why on earth are they still using actual guns
2: with, quote, dummy bullets when they could just easily make a cap gun that's a little bit louder? But that's a totally different issue. I said if you're going to be using these guns, yeah, then train them. Right. Yeah, if you have a cap gun, then whatever. Fine, don't. You would think people would be trained anyway if they want to look like they know what they're doing with guns. I feel like
5: that's always like a story of like, that's like an actor patting himself on the back. And they, they, when they're on Hollywood tonight or extra entertainment tonight, and they're like, we heard you actually learned how to use guns. Yeah, that's and, your Jimmy Fallon story. Or yeah, something exactly. That, yeah. yeah, I went down to the range a few weeks. I was trained by blah, blah, blah. And he's yeah. the top expert in this field. Yeah. No one can get appointments with him, but I did.
1: And Jimmy Fallon's like, oh, you, you don't bring a gun with you today, did you? <laughs> <laughs> some hack joke. Like, oh, we're going to go commercial.
2: <laughs> it's true, though. It's such like a... So uh, then they are training them, you're saying. No, some actors,
5: when they want to seem cool, they're like, I actually got trained but for it's, eight weeks. But there, like Tom Cruise always too, says shit
1: like that. Yeah, Tom Cruise, he he'll, he takes the bullet. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Well, he does
1: all
5: this,
2: the stunts. Better him than the director of photography who doesn't yeah, deserve it. I God. know. sucks, Brutal. I'm not saying they deserve it. I just mean if you think it's some macho thing that's cool to brag about. Yeah. You know, yeah. Tom Cruise a separate would issue. what
1: happened on this set. If you heard his yeah. uh, speech about the coronavirus thing, I was oh,
2: thinking yeah. that too. I'm like, we need that guy, <laughs> that Tom Cruise was screaming about someone not wearing their mask. Yeah, we need him running the dummy bullets on the, <laughs> yeah. the rust yeah. set. No kidding. You know, you either need someone incredibly crazy, passionate, <laughs> or yeah. just boring. Yeah, you don't need Miss. I colored my hair like the Joker, and I'm going to pose with this gun on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. there was a lot of.
5: People that they interviewed that were on the news in the last couple of days and like firearm experts, prop masters, all these people that said every rule that they have of fire alarm, fire alarms, firearms <laughs> along the cookie yeah.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> every rule they have for firearms was just completely ignored throughout the entire process. And it's like, you have to treat every gun like it's loaded. Anything you Duh. point at, yeah, anything you point at, you have to be willing to Kill or destroy, and anything you pull the trigger at, you have to be willing to kill or destroy. Makes a lot of sense. And that just completely went out the window with anyone over there and there was some dude on, I think it was Fox news that he was just, he was pissed. He was like, that would never happen on one of my sets. Oh yeah. Um, well everyone just says disgusted. that disgusted. Yeah, I know. I'm like, this guy's kind of like patting himself on the back a little bit, but, uh, I mean, it hasn't happened since 1993. So a lot of people are running a tight ship. Yeah. It's just, just so happens that all of a sudden this girl who's 23 years old gets combined with this asshole AD that's already been
2: fired for gun mishaps. It's a
1: perfect storm. Of Saying shit. it's
2: a cold gun when he has no idea if it is literally no, or, in worst case scenario, did know. And just didn't give a shit. Yeah.
1: He's probably going through his own shit. He probably thinks he's not getting paid enough. He's disgruntled. Everyone's disgruntled. You know, no one wants to be here. COVID just ended. People like, I should be getting paid more. You know, I'd rather be on unemployment doing nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. aren't,
2: there, <laughs> aren't there conspiracy theories that it also could have been one of the disgruntled crew members? Because they had just oh. walked off that day, oh. right? They walked. Damn. They walked off that day, and when they came back to grab their things, the crew members saw that they had already been replaced. This is the same day. Wow! So, what if one of them rigged the gun to That's be like
1: a great whodunit? story, live. even if it's just not figuring just this out.
2: Yeah, it's a great story. Just something I heard. Sounds like a Law and wow. Order episode, also. Just something I made up. I mean, heard. <laughs> I heard
1: from the crazy mind of Alejandro Del.
2: It's it's relevant that so many people had just walked off the movie. It's too and con- then oh, this happened. Too convenient. Yeah. yeah, it's convenient, or it's just like it was that obvious that there was negligence going on. Well, which th- is this investigation disturbing is be a
1: humdinger of an investigation. I don't know if New Mexico has the capacity. Is it the FBI or just local cops looking into this?
5: I
2: don't know if it's FBI level. And Alec Baldwin has no excuse to be working with this kind of set. Like he has all the power to make it safer. Like he has all the power to make it a better atmosphere. Does he? Does he? Are you kidding me? He's one of the most famous actors in the world. Yeah, but he's not gonna work his ass off just to make sure everyone. He's one of these actors who's producing this movie.
1: He's in his own head. Who's Who's like focused on this role.
2: I'm sorry, but when you're at a plus list like Alec Baldwin. Yeah, you have some power. I don't care what anybody says. Well, you have says. responsibility. too, And responsibility. Yeah. He's like Spider-Man. <laughs> he to needs to take fired. the call like Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I, I
1: guarantee you. I agree with you that he should be doing more. But let's be honest with who we're dealing with. A guy who left that voicemail. <laughs>
2: right and we're also in living in a country that has a fascination with guns
1: yeah that's true too and
2: that's not going to change in
1: real guns they don't want mm. you know that that stuff in the 40s when you know that the, someone just gets shot and you never see a gun mm. or anything now people want to see the 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 nasty nitty-gritty shit going on with guns they want to see you know, the gun go off, the gun smoke. They want to see Sin City.
2: And it's the same country where a few years ago, a nine-year-old was taken to the gun range by her family, and the instructor gave her, like, a machine gun or something.
1: Yeah, and, it, and, it, and the kickback just blew her back. Yeah, the then, kickback
2: yeah. blew her back, and yeah. it kills the instructor instantly. Yeah. And now that little girl has to live with the consequences the rest of her life because there were a bunch of nutty adults that thought, hey, let's take you to the gun range. That'll be cute yeah, and give is- you a powerful, deadly weapon to play with. Yeah. yeah, I
1: don't
5: get it.
2: This is crazy. This is a article that just
5: came out a few hours ago. Um, veteran prop master turned down Russ Gig over massive red flags. Um, the prop master... His name is Neil Zoromsky. He told the LA Times that he was approached on September 20th and initially said he was very interested to work on the Baldwin-produced Western. During four days of negotiations, he became very alarmed that Rust appeared to be a slapdash production that put saving money over people's safety.
1: Was that slapdash wow.
5: or slapdash? Slapdash. Okay. Slap that ass. Slap that. Slap that. He said there were massive red flags and he sent an email turning down the gig. After I pressed send on that last email, I felt in the pit of my stomach, this is an accident waiting to happen. Jesus. Yeah. So this actually might be the guy that was
2: pissed because he even says here, I take my job incredibly seriously. Yeah, he's the one that said that none of those things would happen on a real Well, he could have also
1: been a guy who bid this job and he got underbid. They approached him. Oh, really?
5: Yeah, he turned it down. After oh, sorry, four, I didn't catch that. Four days of negotiations, he turned it down. And then within um a few days of him turning it down, that girl, Hannah Gutierrez. No, but I'm
1: saying, like, the, he could have bid, like, I'll do it for this amount. And they're like, well, you know, we're looking for this range yeah. kind of person. Doesn't sound
2: like it had to do with money. It sounds like he saw writing on the wall with the red flags. It's
5: possible. Yeah.
2: So days after he turned down the job, Hannah Gutierrez
5: Reed, a 24-year-old ex-model who had only been an armorer once before, announced she'd gotten the job as property key assistant slash armorer. And this is the job that that guy turned down. Yep.
2: And they hire this. Yeah. Wow. He,
5: he's a he's a veteran that's done dozens of movies. Probably costs a lot more.
2: Yep.
1: <laughs> wow.
5: Well, what's the it's cost a factor of a human every life? single time? It's the money. It's the money every time. And Zaramsee said, You never have a prop assistant double as the armorer. Those are two really big jobs.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Wow. So they're just combining different things and telling everybody to deal with it pretty much.
2: If there's a movie that needs prop masters and armor experts and safety consultants, it's a Western movie where there's a lot of shooting.
5: Yeah. yeah. And it was just. It started so quickly after these people being approached for their jobs. Zoromsky said that he was approached on September 20th, and then he went to September 24th before he turned it down. And then by like the 28th is when Hannah got it. And then this all happened less than a month later. So they were like running and gunning literally just.
1: Well, when they're shooting, they want to be done ASAP. Yeah. Uh, they They don't want a lot of time on the set.
5: Preparation just didn't seem to be in the
2: cards for this movie at all. Yeah
5: at any step of the way
2: yeah how far was it into shooting three to four weeks but not even that seems like a while for a movie um some low budget movies are shot in 20 days yeah so was it almost done or we don't know that do we we don't i
1: don't see it going longer than like a month or something if they were shooting
2: yeah really low budget movies for three to four weeks that's pretty I guess that it's about the time it usually takes for a low budget. So I I just wonder if they're almost done or not.
1: Well, they've been, you know, fucking around and, you know, shooting on the range and shit. So maybe they were wrapping up at some point soon.
5: Yeah, well, we know that um, production is now... Closed, held up for a bit
2: (laughs) there's no talk of completing it is there
5: um no that they they just said that it's on hold
2: indefinitely and it's like yeah no shit on earth would go well we would go watch this movie if it was finished but you know what i mean like in reality no one's looking to see this movie or have it completed i think I, i even said in the
5: twilight zone episode that if someone died on set In a movie production today, people would probably flock to see it. Now I'm thinking, yeah, probably not. I don't. I don't know about
2: no, that. No, there's interest. There would be interest for sure. In fact, we would be interested in seeing this movie. Yeah, but, but would it
5: become this? Would it automatically elevate this movie in terms of box office numbers? I don't think so. No.
2: I mean, yeah.
1: this movie looks like it was going to be a piece of shit anyway.
2: Um, <laughs> you can't fix a rotten movie with salacious behind-the-scenes <laughs> controversy. It doesn't can, always help. You could put lipstick on a pig. Yeah, yeah. but at well, the end of the day, it's still not calling Alec Baldwin back.
1: You said it, boy. You said it, Mr. Kyle.
2: That about wraps the whole thing up, I think.
1: Yeah. What else is there to say after that? I
2: I don't think there's much. I think we covered it. There'll be more details to come, and we'll cover those. Sure will. We'll do some follow-ups. But I do hope that this was the last person that dies on a movie set from... A dummy bullet, a yeah. real bullet, yeah, any kind of bullet, any kind of discharge from a thing that looks like a gun,
1: yeah, penis, last, last projectile, penis.
2: I, I'm trying to include it. Let's include John Eric Hexum in this, <laughs> yeah, because uh, okay. that wasn't really a it was a wad of paper yeah Yeah. so uh, yeah anything that discharges
1: from a gun (laughs) i had a friend one time his brother put a juicy fruit into a paintball gun and shot my friend in the face with it (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so that either
2: mark's had some pretty wacky friends the worst we ever did we
5: used to we had blow guns with darts and we would shoot that at each other oh that hurt
1: yeah, that's not good.
2: Yeah, they're big. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's
1: I, the next gun tech on a, on a movie. Yeah.
2: We played Mario Kart and shot each other in James Bond. Weak c- oh, us. Yeah, that's not <laughs> it's not dangerous enough to shoot each other in a yeah, but fake then you, game, right? Then you all grow up to be
5: serial killers and
2: Packers fans. So yeah, that's
1: that's true too.
2: Way worse. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: Cheeseheads. <laughs> I'll take uh, Cheese a maniac on my pie, or, please. Yeah.
2: All right, now let's talk about if movies and video games cause kids to be violent. <laughs> yeah. Topic for another day. Final thoughts?
5: Alec Baldwin,
2: you're a piece of work, you pig. <laughs> yeah, how do you like it, Alec? <laughs> he did
5: tweet, I, want, I wonder what it's like to accidentally kill someone. I
1: saw that. Oh, yeah, we but didn't like get to years that ago. Kind of right?
2: rough. Yeah. Well, yeah, he now he knows. That. After one of the police shootings, yeah, a few years ago, the, he right, tweets the, that. I wonder what it's like to accidentally kill somebody. He doesn't believe that
5: Americans should have access to guns. Don Jr. is making t shirts
1: that says uh or like arrest Alec Baldwin or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh
2: boy. And Ireland, the subject of the pig voicemail, she got in a row with Candace Owens. A row. Yeah. Does this happen in Britain? A couple of ducks. <laughs> and uh she go in row. like a fight. Oh, yeah. The teeth. Because Candace Owens called what happened with Alec Baldwin poetic justice. Oh. And so mm. then Ireland responded You're the most disgusting, vile human being. You know, now how dare you? She's a,
1: she's calling other people a pig. Yeah. yeah.
2: She's got the Baldwin blood. She's got the pig and uh, thing now. Stephen Baldwin is asking for people to pray. Yeah, of course. Yeah. For Alec and all the victims. Billy is uh, having something to eat. And Eladia is. <laughs> keeping mum.
5: She can't find the words.
2: <laughs> she, she doesn't speak English, so she can't say anything about this incident. Yeah.
5: It was odd to see that uh Alec invited Helena's either husband or fiance and uh they were seen hugging each other on the set. Um yeah. so like they're getting along. I They had breakfast together. I hope that it's Alec genuinely caring about this guy and not trying to quell any legal oh, talk.
2: I think he genuinely is freaked out by this yeah. obviously he didn't mean to do it and of course. total of course. accident of course. and it must be horrifying to deal with mm. the only part i go back to though where i i'm confused about how to feel is knowing that he's the producer that's the only part that yeah his he is culpable there yeah. but yes it was an accident and yeah he's going through a horrible time and i believe that they were consoling each other yeah
1: true Hilaria praying to the rosary beads. With Stephen. With Stephen, yeah. She's doing Santaria. <laughs> I don't practice Santaria. Jesus, Maria, Hilaria. I ain't got no words in English. Um, all right, guys. Well, I got
5: to hit the bathroom.
1: Go to bed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we heard enough about your bathroom yeah. habits well, at that's the what, that's closing what of these episodes. Yeah, I think it's like I,
5: six out of ten episodes. I'm drinking all these, these IPAs here. <laughs> got cut
2: Yeah, it. I'm the only sober one.
5: All right, guys. We thank you. We love you. Go check our ever growing YouTube channel.
1: And our Instagram, which is also growing.
2: It is, yeah. And our Twitter, which is not growing. Well, but it, it hopefully, it, 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 it is. It is. We're, up to, more
1: followers. We're up to 15 followers, you. Take that,
5: motherfucker. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week. And All be right. safe. Be safe. Love Practice gun safety, please. For cry eye.
0: You have just heard
3: A true Hollywood murder mystery
0: I have never seen anything like this before
3: The Movies, Broadway, music,
4: television, all of it
0: A place that manufactures Nightmares
4: Okay everybody,
3: that's a wrap
0: Good night, please drive home carefully and come back again soon